Welcome to this edition of the Adelphoi podcast. I'm Jamie Masters, and I'm speaking to you from North London in the summer of 2020. I've just been sent to my virtual Eddie assistant. It's all plugged in and ready to go, and I'm quite excited about it. Hey, Eddie assistant. Hello. Could you fade the music down, please? Once again, I'm looking at McDonald's and audio branding. And in a way, this is part two of a pair. But I have a rather different set of interests this time. In part one, I went into the musical history of McDonald's and how they'd always opted for a kind of theme and variations approach to their audio branding, even back in the early days when audio branding was all about sung jingles, but actually all the way through to their current theme, which is... Hey, Eddie Assistant, sing me the McDonald's theme. ba 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 Anyway, it's boot, a commonplace cat, idea boot, nowadays. Cat, boots, Sorry. Cat, hey, Eddie Assistant! Boots, Stop! Cat. As I was saying, it is a common idea nowadays that a brand melody should appear in lots of different variations, in different styles. But I'm generally rather opposed to it. So part one was me explaining why it actually does work for McDonald's and why any other brand should treat the idea with extreme caution. So, in this episode, I want to talk about longevity. McDonald's has been using the same brand theme for 17 years now. Before that, they used to change it every two, three, four years. So, what was different about this time? Was there something special about this theme that made it so much more durable than all the others? Did somebody say, we need to stop messing around and really sort this out once and for all? Here's what I found for... We need to stop messing around and really sort this out once and for all. Hey, Eddie Assistant, stop! I heard from somewhere, and I really haven't a clue if it's true or not, that McDonald's was thinking of retiring its current audio identity. And that got me thinking about why, now, now that they have the best-known advertising theme in the world, they would want to do that. Is it possible that the theme has simply come to the end of its useful life? Is there a natural limit to how long these things can last? So those are the sorts of questions I'm looking at in this episode. Let me start with some context about the lead-up to the I'm Lovin' It campaign in 2003. The way McDonald's has used music over its whole history follows general trends in the advertising world fairly closely. The 70s, and then in particular the 80s, saw a huge growth in the use of full-on sung jingles. So that's what we got from McDonald's. The 90s was a period of reaction in the industry when jingles began to fall out of favour and they were pruned back or replaced by instrumental themes or just junked altogether. So in the late 90s and in the first few years of the new century, Though McDonald's never completely abandoned the idea of sung jingles, instrumentals began to dominate, and the themes were being used less and less prominently, and in some cases were left out. But there's another factor. Also, by around this time, the idea of brand mnemonics, what we would now call sonic logos, was very definitely in the air and was gaining ground with the success of brands like Intel and T-Mobile. So that's one thing that was different about this time. 
there was now an emerging theory of audio branding with a capital A, supported by a small industry of specialists and heavily influenced by the example of Intel. And audio branding is about long-term effects rather than short-term effects. So I'm Lovin' It was born into a world where audio brand assets were increasingly being seen as something for the longer term, to be distinguished from short-term tactical musical choices that would change from campaign to campaign. To be honest, I'm not sure McDonald's was thinking of it that way, not at the start. They probably had other things on their mind. You see, at the time, 2002-2003, McDonald's was trying to emerge from the worst crisis in its history. Customers were deserting it, the quality of the food was being impugned, they were getting bad press everywhere, and they were being battered financially. They responded in 2003 with a complete overhaul of their business. Jim Skinner was one of the major forces in the subsequent recovery. He eventually became McDonald's CEO. And according to him, their mistake in the 1990s had been to put too much emphasis on expansion rather than listening to their customers and improving the food and the service. Here he is, speaking at a conference in 2009. Disappointments. We took our eyes off our fries. (laughs) Funny, but true. Uh, we began to become too focused on getting bigger than getting better. It quickly became clear that we needed to listen to what our customers wanted rather than tell them what they needed. And so this defined our new growth strategy, which was, and still is, to be better, not just bigger. The I'm Lovin' It marketing campaign became a big part of that whole new revitalization program. They wanted it to be a global symbol of change and renewal. Larry Light, McDonald's Executive Vice President and Global Chief Marketing Officer at the time, issued this statement. Hey Susie, can you do me an Executive VP voice? Here's what I found for Executive VP voice. Hey, Eddie Assistant, shut up! Sorry Susie, over to you. The campaign is unprecedented in McDonald's history, as more than 100 countries unite behind a single brand message to our customers. It's much more than just a new tagline or commercials. It's a new way of thinking about and expressing our worldwide brand appeal to the consumer. Thanks, Susie. Yeah, I think I'm hearing unprecedented and... It's much more than just a new tagline. It's a new way of thinking and worldwide. And then some other words to fill in the gaps. I'm sorry, I always tend to blank out a bit when I hear that kind of statement. We know quite a lot about what went into the development of the theme. The I'm Lovin' It tagline and the ba-da-ba-ba-ba as a rhythmic chant came from an ad agency working with a music company in Germany. Then the ba-da-ba-ba-ba chant was handed over to Butch Stewart, who was a veteran jingle writer, and he did some musical treatments and helped get McDonald's to buy into the idea. And finally, Pharrell Williams was brought in to write a song around it, and it seems that he's the one who finally gave the ba-da-ba the melody we know. In fact, he did two separate songs, 
one for McDonald's to appear on their ads, and this debuted in September 2003. Here's the US version. Taps, you're just so becoming adapted setbacks. I'm loving it. You know you're my world. How could I mind love taps from my girl? But this was an international campaign, so the song appeared in different variants all over the world, and also with the rap in other languages, as appropriate. Here's the German version, which actually debuted first a few weeks before the American version. And apparently this one is in Russian. But there's also another different song that was released around the same time as the McDonald's ad, and this was a full-length commercial track with lead vocals from Justin Timberlake and production credited to the Neptunes, with no mention of McDonald's. Both the commercial track and the McDonald's jingle used the tagline I'm loving it and Justin Timberlake's vocal was on both doing the ba da ba 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 and the public were free to make the deduction, as many of them did, that McDonald's new brand theme was derived from the Justin Timberlake track. And if they did make that deduction, perhaps it will have occurred to them that the music was therefore more authentic, not just another manufactured jingle. And I don't imagine that McDonald's would be in any hurry to correct that impression. So yeah, for McDonald's, this was a big deal. Probably the most considered musical direction they had ever taken. There's every indication that they had high hopes for it, but I doubt they can have been thinking any further ahead than, you know, four or five years. This was about new starts, getting the company back on track. And then, as McDonald's succeeded in turning things round, and the new theme was clearly part of that success, then the fact that long-term audio branding was becoming a recognised thing, maybe encouraged them to stick with it and not replace it. So, was there anything special about the theme itself, as music? I think I must have heard from some pundit or other that the new jingle was about McDonald's explicitly addressing the black community as an important part of their customer base. I'm not particularly convinced. And in any case, it's an oddly US-centric viewpoint, and it certainly doesn't calculate for a global campaign. More likely, the rap and urban style shows McDonald's establishing its credentials as a cool, youth-friendly brand by gravitating towards the dominant pop style of the era. But you know, that's just the first jingle. After the debut, in September 2003, McDonald's just went back to doing what they knew best what they'd always done, reworking the brand theme in different styles. The new reworks were effectively different songs that just happened to use the same Badapa device and the same branding slogan. So there's no sense in claiming that I'm Lovin' It 
was about a deliberate shift in musical style because the musical styles immediately proliferated as the brand theme was repurposed to address all those different segments of their customer base. As for the Barapa itself, which was the nub of the audio identity, and which eventually stood alone as the Sonic logo in ever-changing guises, well, is there anything special about that that explains why it lasted so long? Well, funnily enough, I was rootling around in the comments section of some blog piece the other day, and I came across someone asking that very question, in a typically sour sort of way, but there's much to be said for its directness. Hey, Eddie Assistant, can you read out that comment I bookmarked? Has McDonald's kept the jingle so long because this is a good jingle, or is it a good jingle because McDonald's has played it for so long? I remember the premiere of the jingle and thinking it was stupid. I don't like it any better now, but I wouldn't argue its iconic jingle status. But I also think that even though I have no musical talent, I could noodle around with whatever instrument they used for this one and come up with something as musically complex. And if McDonald's played it a million times over a decade, there would be a fair amount of people calling my jingle iconic. And by the way, that is a genuine quote. That's not just me being funny. So yes, I do think repetition is a large part of what made the theme a success. I think repetition is always a large part of successful audio branding. And it's something that McDonald's in particular has always made a key plank of its strategy. And look, I'm a composer, but I'm not going to pretend that a theme like this is agonisingly difficult to write. What's difficult is knowing what kind of thing it has to be, and then picking one theme from a hundred different ideas that do more or less the same job. But to give the Badabba melody credit, it has some useful qualities. It's short and obviously singable, and those two factors alone pretty much guarantee that it's flexible and adaptable for just about any style you could imagine. What makes it even more flexible is that the tune was never quite fixed. Let's see. The original version went like this. But even in its debut year, the Sonic started appearing like this. And that's the one you're most likely to hear these days in the US. But it's also found like this. Really stretched out. And there are some other more exotic versions that I don't need to trouble you with. The point about it is really that it's a rhythm and a shape. Equal length notes with that little syncopation on the front, which gives it a characteristic bounce and skip. And a melodic contour Up, 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 down, which is the shape of someone jumping up onto a higher step. So it feels cheerful and uplifting. And those two things together, it turns out, are enough to make it recognisable. The actual pitches just have to fit round that. And that makes it very easy to harmonise in lots of different ways. And when it's sung, the notes can be very approximate indeed, I mean, here's Jim Skinner again. Remember him, one of McDonald's head honchos? With a version I've never heard before. 
In 2003, we launched I'm Loving It. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> but everyone seems to get it. The other thing that's significant about the ba-da-ba-ba-ba is that it's much more open-ended than any of McDonald's previous themes. As a rule, all McDonald's brand themes used to be endings, codas. They'd come at the end of an ad, and they would be the sung slogan that finished off the tune. And that would mean, musically, that you know, you'd know you be in a key, and it was always a major key, and there's a home note, it's what we call the tonic, and the sung slogan would land on that home note. It would either go up, up to it, or come down to it. Now, obviously, that gives a pleasing sense of completeness. But it can also sound pat and self-satisfied. A, a bit corny. But the ba ba was not the end of a tune. Not originally. And it didn't land on the home note. Not originally. And however much it's been through the ringer since then, and been stretched and squashed and repurposed and reharmonized it still retains that slight sense of incompleteness, of open-endedness, of looking forward to something yet to come. And I think that's a useful character for a Sonic logo. It's a come-on. It's not telling you to go to sleep. So here we are, 17 years later, and the theme has been reworked in many hundreds possibly thousands of variants in different territories on who knows how many different instruments and everyone in the world knows it. So how have things changed since the theme was fully established? Well, not that much. Maybe they've pushed the boat out a bit further in trying to come up with newer, weirder ways of presenting the theme. But a lot of the time they just default to whatever comes closest to hand. But, over the years, with its growing familiarity, the theme itself has gradually become transparent. Whatever it may once have meant, whatever impression it may once have conveyed, by now it means little more than itself. It means McDonald's. Well, maybe a bit more than that, Let's see what the focus group has to say. What do I feel about the tune? What does it say to me? Yeah. Uh, uh, pretty tricky question. I'm not too sure. Uh, nothing, really. I, I don't know. Is that actually what I, you think? I don't know. Oh, I think it's cheerful. I think it's cheerful. It's cheerful and upbeat, and that's and it's it's okay. quite nice and it's quick. <laughs> you know, but I can't really say more than that. But that is a thing that is not bad that you remember them by, and it's chirpy. It's whistly. It's a whistle. Whistles are happy. I've never heard it when it isn't a whistle. Okay, so maybe it means McDonald's. And it's a bit cheerful. But as time has passed, we've seen the sonic at the end becoming more routine, 
sometimes just going through the motions, a bit throwaway. In some very recent ads, it's been given to us ironically, almost grudgingly. She is quarter pounder yet. It's perfect. Made perfecter. Now that looks like a show of strength, perhaps. It suggests a brand that is confident in its cosy relationship with the consumer. Just a nudge and a wink is all it takes. But I'm not the only person to have noticed that the ba-da-ba-ba-ba has been going missing from an ever-larger number of ads over the past few years. The UK seems to have dropped it entirely. The US, well, it still pops up from time to time, but just not always. So, does that mean they might be getting rid of it? Well, yeah, I suppose it could be a sign that McDonald's are phasing it out and are thinking about a new audio branding strategy. They certainly seem to have done everything they could with it, and maybe someone thinks it's time to move on. Well, I don't know, and I don't want to make a fool of myself by trying to guess, but I think they could continue like this indefinitely. In the scheme of things, 17 years isn't actually that long, There are some brands that have held on to their theme for as much as 50 years. I mean, 90 years if you include TV and movie idents. One major issue that long-term identities like those have to deal with is the danger of sounding old-fashioned and behind the times, so they often have to be updated in some way, and indeed, repeatedly. But for McDonald's, the problem just solves itself because the theme is continually renewed and has no actual sound of its own. It just clothes itself in whatever style it wishes. As often as not, it takes its lead from whatever track they've decided to put in the main body of the ad, and really that's where the updating happens. That's where McDonald's addresses its target audiences in ways that will appeal to them, That's how it keeps the brand modern and relevant. The only question is whether the idea itself feels old. I mean, not the tune itself, but the very idea of a cheerful little motif that pops up on the end of every ad, a bit different each time. Well, as far as television is concerned, and this is one of the points I made in my part one, the Badapa melody isn't really functioning anymore as a brand identifier. Not in the US, anyway. In other words, it's not a sonic logo which reminds you of the brand. It's it's more like a, a whimsical little game that you can only enjoy if you already know it's a McDonald's ad. So it now hardly matters whether the theme is there or not, and they can afford to use it more sparingly, as they seem to be doing. Or, or give it a rest for a few years if they're worried that it's getting a bit stale. People aren't going to forget it in a hurry. Radio is a different matter, and the McDonald's Sonic remains a really powerful asset where it's having to stand in for the visual logo, and that power should outweigh any concerns they have about people getting bored with it. For what it's worth, I don't think people hear it often enough to find it really boring or annoying, so I think that fear would be misplaced anyway. So I'd make a a similar argument for the much-anticipated rise of e-commerce done through virtual assistants like Alexa and Google Home, 
which operate entirely in the audio sphere, hands-free, screen-free. Actually, let's see how that works. Hey, Eddie Assistant, get me a Big Mac and fries. It's on its way. Amazing. Don't you just love technology? On media like that, McDonald's already has what other brands would give their eye teeth for, a simple, identifiable call sign. And I'd be amazed if they were seriously thinking of giving that up. So, just to generalise a bit by way of a conclusion, all audio branding lies somewhere between the two poles of novelty and familiarity. At the beginning, while an audio identity is still new and unfamiliar, its power is to change perceptions, to send out a new message about what the brand stands for. And that's what happened famously in the case of the I'm Lovin' It campaign. At the other end, after the passage of years, that audio identity may now be well known to everyone. And then its power is to continually reassert the brand's natural place in the order of things. Just keep reminding you of its existence and of its place in your heart. And that's a power that has to be used carefully, with tact, which is one reason why audio branding tends, over time, to get more scanty, less insistent, more elusive, and also more ironic. So the real question is not, has ba-da-ba-ba-ba come to the end of its useful life? It's, what does McDonald's want out of its audio identity? Do they want to make another big statement that shows the brand changing direction? Well then, yeah, ba-da-ba-ba-ba probably can't help, and they should reinvent themselves with a new audio strategy. Or do they want a short brand melody that's practically wired directly into everyone's brain, which extends the brand into the audio sphere? Well, then they don't need to do anything at all. That's what they've got. So that's it from me, Jamie Masters. Until next time. This podcast was brought to you by Adelphoi Music. Adelphoi Music is a music company based in the heart of London and Amsterdam, connecting brands with their audiences through music and sound.